You're listening to the Solo to CEO podcast with Davina Frederick. Hello, and welcome to the Solo to CEO podcast, where we provide a mix of powerful, thought-provoking, and practical information to assist you in your transformation from solo to CEO of a high-impact, wealth-generating business. I'm your host, Davina Frederick, and I'm here with Heather Quick, attorney and CEO of Florida Women's Law Group. Florida Women's Law Group is located in Jacksonville, Florida, and it's focused on providing divorce and family law services for women only. Welcome, Heather. It's so good to have you as our guest on the Solo to CEO podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here today. Great. So why don't you tell us uh, a little bit about your your law firm? I, I'd really like to know like how long you've been uh, in how long you've been in practice, how long you've been in business, sorry, as the Florida women's law firm. So I have been a practicing attorney for 19 years now, and I um, started my business. You know, there was certainly an evolution in my uh, legal career, and I believe that is very typical for most women Mm -hmm. um, to not maybe have a straight straight path. Um, But I started out as a prosecutor. And then after that, worked, um, did some family law, did medical malpractice defense, taught at the law school, and then, um, and all during that time, being married and having three children. And so then the evolution came when it was like, well, should I start my own firm? And that happened in about 2010, when I really decided that was the path we were going to take. So it has been a little over nine years now. Wow. And so what made you, what was the catalyst for you starting your own practice? What made you, did you just wake up one morning and say, you know, I just really want to do my own thing. No, actually it was a little bit more uh, than that at the time. Um, I, I was, I knew I needed to get back into the practice of law from teaching and I was just taking some cases here and there. And then really it was uh, financial reasons. And my husband had some health issues. Um, and then with his business, it was just not, it was not doing well and it was affecting his health. So it became necessary for me to really step in and, and begin to contribute. Um, and that was in 2009, 2010, when we were really looking at that. And that uh, the economy wasn't the greatest. So my first thought was, I got to go get a job. So I went back to the big firm where I had practiced, but they weren't hiring, you know, and it wasn't really, um, that wasn't available to me because that was my first thing just out of fear. I think, you know, you think that, oh, I got to get a job because that's really secure, which really isn't. But I think that's a mindset that a lot of us have. I think that's really a normal, normal type thought. And it was my husband who encouraged me to um, to open my own practice, um, you know, with the idea, oh, you'll have so much more flexibility. Um, and you do. You can work at like 6 a.m. and 11 p.m. and weekends, you know, as you're starting. Right. Um, but it did. And he really encouraged me to do that. And I so I took that first step and I thought, well, this is what I'm going to do and what you know, in these past nine years through lots of business development and training and growth and personal development, I've learned how much more secure it is to have, 
you know, control over your, your income and learning how to build a business. Which oh yeah. You're, you're, you're singing my song now because I'm, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I'm a true, true believer in that. Uh, but, but it's a, it is a huge act of courage when you're, when you're first starting out, because we're, we're so taught to believe that security is with getting a job and, mm -hmm. but really security lies within you. Yeah. Correct. And so that's very powerful. Um, and, and I'm sure that was, uh, you know, that took a lot of courage for you in that, in those first days, I'm sure you had a few sleepless nights <laughs> in the I beginning did. there. <laughs> oh, I did. And my children were, were much smaller. My son, it was really right when he was about to turn one years old, he was my youngest. So it, um, it was, but it was exciting as well. And there, you know, and at that time I, you know, I knew I was a, gr a really good lawyer, great lawyer, and I knew I was great at being a lawyer. And then it was just, it was wonderful as I began to invest in training myself on how to be a business owner, how exciting that was. It right. was, you know, and challenging and just knew so different and that it was a, you know, as I would learn to do different things, I was like, wow, this works. And, um, and it just really, you know, it took, it took hold very quickly. I grew rapidly, you right. know, the first five years for sure. So, uh, uh, so I'd like to just explore that for just a minute, because I think that's some of the things that, you know, when people are starting out in their practice, uh, often they'll get in that place of fear where they feel, that that's a time that they can't afford to invest in themselves because money is scarce, right? Uh, they're so scared and how, how are they going to, you know, money's so tight. How can I afford to invest in myself? But you actually did in, invest in, you had to invest in marketing. You had to invest in learning how to be a business person is what you're saying. I mean, that's what you did. Yes. And that paid off for you. It did. It did very much so. And it was, it was just, you know, really, it was so, it was so truly exciting because I was learning how to market. I was learning how to sell, how to, you know, understand financials, all of those things at each time. And, and I, I would really quickly see the results. It, it really right. was. It was very quickly. You'd see, hey, there is a great, you know, return on this investment and um, it works. And yeah. so that was, um, yeah, that was really, and, and I, I just, I feel very fortunate that I, I did take those steps in the beginning, even though it was, it was, you know, I was afraid. I was like, you mm -hmm. know, I mean, I was like, Oh, how am I going to afford $500 a month investing in, you know, coaching? <laughs> you know, it was so little at that time. Like, but yet it was, cause I'm like, yeah. where are these clients, you know, so that, um, I was in a point of, I have to do something and I need help to know yeah. how to do it. And so sometimes when you're in that position, it gives you quite a bit of clarity that you have to do something yeah. <laughs> and you need help versus if you feel like you have a lot of options and then sometimes it keeps us from making a decision that we have to invest in ourselves. We have to do this and make this work. Right. Because there's it no sounds like you're fooling around. Sounds like you had a very supportive spouse too, which probably helped a yeah. lot. It, it, that is huge. Yes. Yes. He was very supportive. And, you know, part of what that transition is, is things did have to change at home. And mm -hmm. I had to, you know, assert myself from a standpoint of, I can't, you know, we have to 
change some of our responsibilities, share our responsibilities so that I can make this work. Right. And, and so those were, those were great. I mean, just from a standpoint of, I can't do lunches anymore. <laughs> I was like, I have to get, like, I have so much to do in the morning just before I get everybody and get them all into the car and dropped off. Like you got to make lunches. Right. And, and then that just became my husband's thing. You know, he made lunches and that saved me so much time in the morning. And then, you know, he would do more grocery shopping, laundry. I mean, really, it became a complete division of labor at the house right. so that we could, so that I could do it. I mean, you have to have that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and just to be clear, so that people listening will know, because a lot of people listening know that I'm a coach, you were not a client of mine. So I just met no. you. So that's not, right. That's not, right. But I, not but I did. sitting here pitching this because you were a client of mine and I'm saying, Heather talk about this so that people will, you know, hire me for, this is not, this is not, we didn't set this up. Okay. This conversation. Yeah, no. And that, that, to be talking about this because she experiences her, herself. And it was, and it was, it was the, and, and honestly, I didn't know that even existed. <laughs> that there are people in business coaching, you know, because if it's not within your awareness, you just have no idea. Right. And it, but it, it was a game changer. There's no way I would have, you know, gotten to where I am now, probably as quickly as I have or with as much support if I hadn't invested in the business coaching and understanding those mm -hmm. aspects. Mm -hmm. So yeah, no, that was, that was huge, but yeah, it wasn't you. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, your, um, um, I want to shift gears a little bit and I want to talk about your decision to become uh, Florida women's law group and how quickly you decided to brand your law firm, Florida women's law group and focus, uh, narrow down your niche to focus on serving women exclusively. Uh, and there's a lot to unpack here. I really want to talk about, um, this because when you niche down, you are not only serving a certain population, you are making a decision to exclude another population, right? A significant population. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot that goes into that decision. So there's a lot here for us to talk about. And I want to, I want to discuss what went into that decision for you and when you decided that, how did that come about? When, you know, as I was growing um, personally and with the business evolving, when, and, and somewhat maybe, you know, in marketing, I don't remember the exact moment, but when you really look at who's your ideal client, you know, what, who are your A clients, not only in the ones that you really want to help, but then, you know, that fit your business model. And I realized, um, and probably it would have been, say, it was before we changed the name to Florida Women's Law Group that we began to focus only on women. It was that, it was at that point, I was like, that is where I, you know, I'm passionate about helping women really get through the divorce process, value themselves and what they brought to the marriage and start over and taking a very difficult situation and turning it into an opportunity to reinvent themselves and restart their life. And it is something that 
you know, gets me excited to talk about. And, you know, I see so much opportunity to help women because of the patterns um, that I had noticed over the years, as well as, you know, watching my mother go through um, more than one divorce, I saw a pattern of behavior. And then I saw that in my clients over and over and thought, I, I think I can really make a difference for these women. And frankly, I prefer um, working with women and helping them through divorce because I, I, you know, I certainly recognize their point of view. I agree with it. Um, most of the time, it's very, you know, consistent with my belief pattern. And it's different with men. I, I mean, I just, I, just because I'm an attorney, I don't think I have an obligation to represent a man who's like, I don't want to pay her, you know, alimony. And I want to, you know, all you want to use the kids as leverage to pay less money. That's mm-hmm. very inconsistent with my beliefs personally, and I'm not going to do it. And so I, you know, I decided that not that all men are that way, but there's again, a lot of patterns and I thought that's not what I want to do. I want right. to, I know who I want to help very specifically and thankfully we can do that in this country and I can make a decision that this is what my business is going to do. Right, right. So it was a it was a very natural evolution for you then. Did you did you find that you were uh when you're we you started your law practice originally that you were just your marketing sort of evolved to where you were kind of marketing to this ideal client? And attracting them anyway, and then it was a natural sort of thing for you to change your branding to match, you know, change the name mm-hmm. of the firm to match then. Is that is that kind of what I'm getting? Yes. And so it was, you know, and as you grow, and as you know, and I'm sure you, with your listeners and clients, you know, you reach certain levels and it's like, okay, well, now the messaging needs to change. It needs to, you know, to get to the next level, to reach more people. And so that was, I went through that. I, it's probably been about two years now where I realized, hey, in order to grow, we need to be more clear. And the name of the firm was my name, the Quick Law Group, because that's, you know, like, oh, I'll make my name, but it doesn't tell anybody what we do. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I really had to look at, okay, well, how can I, mm, make a, at least be clear. So, I mean, it's not, it doesn't say it's not the divorce for women law group, but at least it's Florida women's law group. And, you know, we're working to say, you know, divorce for women by women um, so that we could be clear so that women were aware. Cause as long as I had been in business here in Jacksonville, we still didn't have market share. And, and I, I hear, I even hear now, oh, I wish I'd known you guys were around. And I was like, well, we were around four years ago, but <laughs> we weren't as clear in our marketing or, you know, really more reaching the right people, reaching the women. So that was part of the change in the name of the firm. And that allows it to be more than just me, which I do think is very important. Now it is, you know, a firm that is not necessarily associated with Heather Quick. And, you know, just as a side note, um, you know, if you Google Quick Divorce, 
um, that is not really what we do um, necessarily. It's not always quick. <laughs> but with your name point. and yeah. all that, it just showed up. And so I was like, oh, interesting. So, you know, all of those things in together. And, and, it, and it did take me a while. It's not like I knew that you know, at the very beginning. And even if probably one of my coaches said that you should do it, something different, I, I probably didn't listen because I didn't always listen to everything, you know? So um, that was um, where, how that came about to, to right. change the name. Right. And you, and so once you became super clear, you're talking about being very targeted on your, on who your ideal client is, you really, that really allows you to hone in on, who your ideal client is. And then that allows you to make your messaging super sharp. And I noticed you do a lot of uh, videos, video content. uh, And in, in looking at some of your video content, you can speak directly to this woman who is going through a divorce. Um, and I noticed, uh, like in particular, I saw a really compelling video that you did about being married to a narcissistic man mm-hmm. and what that, uh, experience is like if you're divorcing a narcissistic male. And so, I mean, that's really sharp messaging right there. Um, because you know, which you, which, might not you might not be able to be as targeted and sharp if you had a more general you know law firm because if you did you might alienate those prospective male clients right exactly so, yeah yeah super super you know effective in your marketing have you found that to be the case have you found it to be uh, a draw for you since you have gotten more and more um, tailored in your messaging? Yes, absolutely. It really has. Um, well, it's allowed me to express my point of view consistently mm-hmm. um, and, you know, reaching those women. And and if they don't agree with me, you know, just like clearly, obviously we don't represent men. They're not going to agree with me. Um, but, you know, then there are, it helps even individual self-select. Um right. Which is a great part because that's what we do want our marketing to do too for those who know who for them to be clear. Oh, I don't know that that is what I want. So then, you know, we really only the women who really want what we offer are reaching out to us and certainly not the men. And it's, it's an interesting thing. And I think this is part of when you're really, um, kind of touching on a nerve, you know, I have a clear point of view as to what I think, how I think women, you know, one should be represented and, and what their value is in a marriage. And the negative response I get from a lot of men, um, usually online, because that's a very easy way to do it. I've been on the radio too, and had some pretty, um, you know, interesting (laughs) comments, but you know, because you know, you're touching a nerve. It is a, it is, uh, a sensitive or not sensitive subject, but it's very emotional, right. you know, which is the way divorce and family law tends to be not always rational, but clearly I'm hitting, uh, you know, a pain point because it does, it creates either, you know, women who are like, yes, we are, that is what we're looking for in men who it, you know, upsets them. 
<laughs> uh, have you had men reach out to you and say, I want to hire you because, uh, because you, you think, you know, <laughs> you think like, with, like my wife does my soon to be ex-wife. They, um, well, they used to, you know, even just before we were women only, but part of one of the advantages in representing women, we, we won't speak to them. Um, because then otherwise they can conflict us out from representing their wife. So even if they call, they don't even, there's not that dialogue, you mm-hmm. know, we, we just refer them out. We're sorry. We don't help you. And, and as the marketing has got better, they, they really don't even, you know, reach out anymore. But some interesting I've had, I have had men certainly refer to us. Um, and even men who were on the other side at one point, um, send their sister or their mother, <laughs> <laughs> to us, you know, they're wow. like, Hey, you need to get the deal she got for my ex, you know, against me, which is, you know, I mean, that is an amazing compliment, but there wow. are, there are a lot of men out there who, if they, if they're not in this situation personally, they can recognize and go, Oh yeah, that's who I'd want for my sister, for my daughter. Um, you know, somebody who would aggressively protect them and fight well, for them, you know? So wow. that's interesting. Well, what are some of the issues that you think uh, are unique to women that you know that you think it's important for women to have represented? You know, well, one of the like I think a big thing is that if there are, and even if the children are grown, there there's always you know if there's a divorce where there are children. There tends to be a, um, and I, I think they're just, you know, most of the time it's just bluffing, but it really is using the kids for the money um, in a lot of situations. And I have seen a pattern where women just give up too soon rather than it's like we're almost there and willing to value themselves and value the, you know, result to pay to go to trial as opposed to just walk away. So many women would just kind of walk away. And then in, in the way that I try to explain it is I'm here. Yes, we are. This firm is, you know, doing your divorce now, but our goal is to see, to help you see your life three, five years from now, because you're going to feel differently and you're going to regret making a lot of these decisions when, if you allow us to stand up for you, we can get you where you want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and that has been very effective. And also when the patterns that you'll see is men approach a divorce as a business transaction and helping women see there is a strategy, there is a way to do this. You're very emotional and and not surprising. I mean, it's your life, it's your, you know, children, money, you know, relationship. However, he's compartmentalized it and going to handle it in one way. And we're just trying to keep you from being blindsided from that because that's the way it's going to be. And you need somebody to look at it from a strategic point. And there's absolute strategy um, in any kind of litigation and any kind of negotiation, anything. Mm-hmm. And that is where we really are trying to help focus in the practice and litigation so that women understand like it does make a difference particularly say if you're talking about like the narcissist, like it is if you know how they work, 
you know, we can strategize and get you in the best position possible. And, um, and that's where I think that maybe there's not that in the general family law practice. And there's a very paternalistic approach on one hand where men tell women, oh, don't worry, honey, it'll be okay. You know, you'll get married again. Like this will just, just we'll figure this out, which I find very, um, Offensive. but it is it happens it does um and i'm sure there'll be many women who have gone through it in the years past and go yep yep nah, that's the way it went down so you know there's right. a different way there's a better way to do it and and many women they're the breadwinners and then we got to be very strategic how do we right. protect you minimize your risk as much as possible and help you understand their threats that they're going to have to take the kids and all of these things are just that threats tactics to scare you and and fear is just a huge factor in divorce that's why most women even the most, they're so afraid they're so even, afraid yeah even the most intelligent strategic women can are vulnerable at a time of divorce because of the of the of the complexity the the, the emotions the fear and the sadness and the anger and all of that right so even the most intelligent strategic you know it doesn't matter how professional you are it doesn't matter Mm -hmm. what your profession is it doesn't matter how intel you know your education level doesn't matter when you're in that spot where you're getting divorced and your children are involved in the middle of it, it you you can't you're too close you're too close and you need somebody who can mm-hmm. be objective, who, who and, be objective and, help and be at, but, and be there, you know, 100% for your best interests. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, and, and, you know, see the games. <laughs> Correct. So that, that, that at least to give you perspective and things like, you know, it, you may know rationally and you may be extremely smart and have a great career, and you, so the, and then sometimes you think, well, I know him and this is the way it's going to play out. And then it's like, well, I, you know, I, it may not, it may go this way. Let's try to prepare you. And one thing that we do is we may get something and we know our client's going to be disturbed about a letter, you know, from the other guy, uh, their husband's attorney. And what we're, you know, kind of just because like we talked about, you know, we focus on women we know. So we call them and say, okay, we're sending you something. Even if we don't talk to them, even if it's just a voicemail. Listen, we sent you an email. I know it may upset you. <laughs> We're here to talk to you about it, but just know, like, you know, just know it's coming. It's kind of to preface it because that goes a long way. And, and you know, many times they just send stuff and without, and then, you know, the clients are, are upset. So it allows us to be more in tune with, um, you know, we know how our clients are going to feel about certain things. And it's, you know, our job to say, okay, well, that, that's normal that he's acting that way, right, right. <laughs> even though you don't think so, or you thought this was going to go a different way. But, you know, it it just, at the end of the day, it, it comes down to money and control. And if the men can't control you through the money, they're going to try to control you through the children or then through the litigation, if they're that type of person. And if they want to get back at you, they're looking for ways to do it. Right. And when you, so when you specialize in, and you know, you're, 
you knowing your ideal client inside and out, you specialize in, in this area. Use the term specialize. I, I know. Like, I know. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not the term <laughs> when you we focus focus. in this practice we area. Yes. <laughs> Actually, I think you can use the term specialize now, but well, we won't go there today. You get so familiar with the patterns and, and mm-hmm. identify that you can pre- almost predict what's coming next, right? So Very you can help so. your client, you know, mm-hmm. you really help your client. All right. So let's talk about the business, the business of the practice of law and growing your firm. Um, and just some of the experiences you've had along the way and, and some of the things that you've learned, if you had it to do over again, <laughs> is there anything that you would have done differently that you look back now and go, yeah, I probably would have, should have done that differently uh, as far as growing the business? Well, um, as we said with the name, I, I would have done that at the very beginning. Uh, I would have chosen a di- the name we have now at the very beginning um, as opposed to you know, evolving over time. I would have, you know, from the very beginning of growing the business, I was slow to hire. I think that's a big, you know, a common fear, you know, and mm-hmm. um, how, quickly I, did you, how quickly did you hire? I mean, how long did it take I, you to hire your first staffer and then your first attorney? My first staffer probably didn't take as long, but like a real, like a really good paralegal, took me about a year and a half. Mm-hmm. I had, you know, some maybe part-time or whatever. And it took me, I think, two and a half years before I would hire an attorney. So yeah. I was working hard. You know, I was I was doing all of the jobs. And, and then, you know, as soon as I really began doing that, it, you know, then you quickly need to hire more people because you're then, you know, you're producing more work and you're able to do more. So that would have been one. I There have been some marketing things that I have done in the past that I would have maybe stopped sooner mm-hmm. and uh, been a better, smarter consumer of various vendors. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm a much more uh, astute um, customer now than I used to be of, of those types of various services. Mm-hmm. So those are definitely some things that, um, you know, I would have, I would change going back. Yeah. Some of those things you just have to, um, you know, experience, learn as, as you go along. Right. You know, yeah. you can't, there's no way to, to get through, there's no way to get through life or growing a business without learning some things on your own. Right. Correct. Um, because you can't predict how things are going to go. Some of those things could have gone like for instance the name Mm -hmm. if you had started off with that you have to you almost have to find out for yourself that that's what you wanted you wouldn't have known that from the beginning Mm -hmm. you know that you wanted to have that name that you wanted to have that client that you wanted to serve that audience exclusively how could you have known that right Mm -hmm. Um, yeah i did not what what's the thing that you would say you're proudest of? I am. Um, I'm very proud of the the staff, the leadership and inspiration that I've been able to provide to them. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very proud of all of the, you know, hundreds of women uh, that we have represented and wouldn't be able to do that much without, you know, growing and having more more people here. And I, you know, I'm really proud of the what this business has allowed me to do personally with my family and the mm-hmm. time that it's given me back and the financial resources that it has provided me to be a, a really great, great mother and role model for mm-hmm. my children. Mm-hmm. And at this point, how, how, what is the size of your firm? I mean, do you have, how many people do you have working on your team? Right now I have 10 people on my team and that, and we went through an evolution last year. And I think that that is, that happens, you know, as to, to reach the next level. Um, sometimes that the bottom, you know, 10%, it's true. And as everybody really rises up, you, it becomes more glaring. Who's not, doesn't belong. So we, we really had replaced about half the staff in the past 12 to 18 months. Wow. And, um, and I still have some very long-term employees, but it's just it's such a higher caliber now, mm-hmm. and it's exciting to me. Like when I come in, I'm like, man, I just, you, you ladies are like just so smart and caring, and just like the things that we can accomplish. So it's a it's a great team, and we are still growing. We're we're still looking for a few more hires, mm-hmm. um, which is challenging on both sides. I mean, right now I think it's challenging to hire, and I um. What I think allowing us with having the years of business behind me, knowing what types of person, people and women work in this firm well. So it's a it's a pretty detailed uh, interview process because I'm not just looking for anybody. I'm very right. particular. And I take it very seriously when we bring somebody into our team to be a good fit um, because both for them and for us, it, it's just a it's a big decision. So what, that I mean, is challenging. Give us a little bit of insight into your process. I mean, is it multiple interviews? Do you use personality profiles kind of things? Yes. We'll, okay. So we start with the, my administrator will just do a Zoom call first, just as the preliminary, you know, to see if they even make it to the next level. If it's a position I need to interview for or one that she's just going to do. So before there's an in-person and we used to do telephone, the Zoom is better. Give yeah. you just some better insight. So we do that. So you can see them. And if they can't figure the technology out, that that's also a, a, an important aspect to, to know as well. You know, I mean, it's like lots of parts to it that are important for because we have, um, you know, we're very advanced with our technology and, you know, want to always continue in that vein. Mm-hmm. So we start that. Then we do in-person interviews, usually just maybe if it's me or if it's the administrator. Then after the in-person, we do do a the behavioral assessment, which is it's the DISC plus something else. And so it's pretty detailed, like a 30, 20, 30 page report. We do that. And then um, we kind of we evaluate for some positions. We will then send a test for just their actual ability and skill level within that position if that if that's something that applies that's usually if that's somebody for the legal team mm-hmm. and um with lawyers you know i ask for their transcripts 
And, you know, usually they're going to give you references that are only going to say great things. So, you know, that that's fine, but we certainly do check that. We will then have them come and meet some of the team that they would work with so we can get feedback from the team because they may see something different. And then we take all of those factors and kind of compare, um, you know, where they are within the, within our behavioral testing. There's now we've been doing it for so many years. We can go, Oh, look, they fall onto this part of the circle, like as these other employees that didn't work out or these employees that are great. And it's not like in and of itself, that's the one tool, but it's very helpful. We've really become much better at using it to, you know, as a decider. So that takes almost a month if we're really working quickly. And, you know, in today's market, um, it's tight, but I really want to know why they want to do here, why they want to do what we do. Why do they want to help women? And if they don't have an answer, then they don't really go a whole lot further. Right, right, right. They've really got to be and have the same sort of core values. Most definitely, because if they just want a job, that is not what, you know, we're, we're, it's more than that. We're such a team. You have to have in, and I think in most lines of business, this is a very, you know, this is taxing business. You're dealing with people at a very terrible time in their life. You've got to have also, you know, some reason, you know, more than just the paycheck that you're doing. Calling, really, to do the work. Yeah. And just, you know, and and some, and and a high level of emotional intelligence so that it doesn't, you're not just reacting when somebody's having a bad day. So. Right. Right. Because you could so easily absorb all of that, that the client, all that the client is putting out there, you could take it on as your own. And that's not... You'll burn out so fast if you do it that way. <laughs> oh my goodness, yes. Yeah. So, well, I really appreciate you being here today and sharing with us um, so much insight and so much great information uh, about your story, sharing your story with us and your experience in growing your practice. I know that anybody who listens to this is going to walk away with such um, good transformative information. So I thank you. Well, thank you so much for having me. It, I do. I love to talk about what we do, why we do it. And it's exciting to me uh, for to be in business for myself and encourage other women because right. I, I know it provides you so much more freedom. And, you know, even though, yes, it is a lot of responsibility, it's a wonderful responsibility to have. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Heather. Thank you. The Solo to CEO podcast is sponsored by D. Frederick Media and Marketing and the Solo to CEO system. We help professional women entrepreneurs transform from solos to CEOs of high impact, high revenue generating businesses while reclaiming their time and creating the lifestyle of their dreams. If you are ready to skyrocket your revenue, cultivate a crackerjack team, and set up systems and automation to get your firm running like a well-oiled machine so you can focus on the highest and best use of your time, then you'll want to attend our latest presentation, Six Shifts to Transform Your Solo Practice into a Seven-Figure Firm with Total Ease. Register at law.solotoceo.biz webinar.